50 States of Terror may include content unsuitable for young audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Content warnings will be included in the show notes. This is Missouri, the Joplin Butterfly People. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of 50 States of Terror. I am your host, Anthony Diaz. It has been an interesting couple of weeks. The holidays seem to have just come and left in a complete blur. I hope everyone's holiday was safe and pleasant. The holidays always seem to bring a mixture of pressure and stress and, you know, you sprinkle a little happiness and joy in there sometimes. (laughs) It is truly an awkward time, but again, I do hope you all powered through it. Now, before we get into what Missouri has to offer, I am happy to tell you that this state, Missouri, will be a dual episode. I made the decision that since the last voting episode, I'm going to go ahead and keep that format for Missouri and present two cryptids for the state. I won't say what the other cryptid is right now, uh, but you will all reap the benefits of this because I'm going to do two of them. I don't know if I'll continue to, to do these dual episodes for the remaining states, but if For example, a state that has really two great cryptids. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and give everybody a bonus. And Patreon, uh, that's patreon.com backslash 50 states of terror. Do a little shameless promoting right now. We'll have even more bonus content. So if you're feeling generous and want to support the show to help bring out-of-pocket expenses like fees software and my equipment down i will forever be grateful now here we go before i start this story i would like to take a moment to send my heartfelt prayers to those who were affected by this natural disaster At 5.34 p.m. on May 22, 2011, in Joplin, Missouri, a devastating F5 tornado touched down. A tornado is a natural occurring event which directly affects the lives of millions across the Midwest of Northern America. A tornado's rating system ranges from EF0 to EF5, 0 being the lowest, but with high wind gusts and 5 being the strongest having wind gusts of over 200 miles per hour. To understand what happened, allow me to explain just how a tornado was formed. Tornadoes are formed from supercell thunderstorms that brings high winds. When rising heat caused by condensation drives upward towards the supercell. The more air rising up, the more condensation. The more powerful the updrafts become. 
When the air rises, it can change directions quickly. A cloud base at the bottom of the supercell, or any mass of clouds, can then develop a vortex. A mesocyclone is then developed from the spinning and rotating of the mixed air. Once this occurs, cool air is pulled from the outside walls of the mesocyclone and forms a wall around the warm air that is pulled from the air inflow at the bottom of the cyclone. This temperature difference creates a rear flank downdraft. This feeds into what becomes a tornado. As this occurs, the bottom funnel becomes tighter and causes the winds to increase. Once this happens, if and only if the top of the mesocyclone reaches the originating cloud mass and the bottom of the cyclone touches the ground, then a tornado was formed. Tornadoes can last seconds to upwards to a few hours. But all factors must continue in order for the tornado to thrive. Temperatures must stay the same and moisture must be present in the originating cloud. If any factor is taken away, the tornado gets sucked up into the originating cloud mass and dies. Everything must maintain perfect. This particular tornado had a width at almost one mile and lasted 38 minutes. It traveled approximately 22.1 miles. I will not go into the lives lost or injured from the aftermath of this tornado in detail. Again, my heart goes out to them. What I will do, however, is begin to discuss the incredible first-hand accounts of what many children and few adults saw while experiencing this F5 tornado. At the end of the tornado's path, the survivors gathered and started to pick up their lives. Many were faced with the shock and disbelief of surviving, until the children started to describe what came to save them. Rumors began to spread that humanoid creatures with butterfly wings began to manifest and protect the people within the thick of the tornado. In some cases, the children would describe these butterfly people physically altering the direct path of objects as large as cars to trapped and frightened people. What is interesting is that the same exact description was noted for multiple occurrences across the entire area affected by the storm. These butterfly people were described as performing impossible acts. One in particular was a personal account of one young boy being picked up from the oncoming direct winds and being flown to safety and gently laid in a field. Not one personal account of these creatures were described in any other way besides beautiful humans with gorgeous butterfly wings. Only a handful of adults came forward about the magical creatures only to describe them as dark angels. Something scary, not the beautiful creatures from the eyes of the children. There were also accounts of tiny fairy-like people manifesting in areas to comfort children in small confined spaces waiting out the storm. Now, could this be mass hysteria? If we look at the location, you can argue that the state itself being in what is known as the Bible Belt could be a factor into this theory. For those listening out of the country and are wondering what exactly is the Bible Belt, 
It is a group of Northern American Southern states that generally have a strong affiliation with the highly conservative Protestant and Christian churches. Recent times can argue that a slow shift in thinking and religion can be seen. But primarily, these Southern states still hold true to a very high and very important religious tie within the majority of these states. Whether it's Southern Baptist, Presbyterian, or simply Christian, religion plays a massive role on their day-to-day lives, or at least it's perceived in that way. But does the strong religious presence justify the theory that this occurrence in Joplin, Missouri was a mass religious-based hysteria? I don't personally believe so. I believe more people would have described seeing the traditional angels, and that includes the adults, not the almost identical sightings of humans with butterfly wings. Also, some of the personal accounts of the creatures came from different religious backgrounds, and those who have no religious affiliations at all claim to have seen the same figures. So if I take a stance on this being not a religious event, but a divine intervention, which by the way, I feel like it may be, but rather a cryptid event, are there other winged creatures that are linked to events like this? There are. One in particular is Mothman, a creature who will be seen in times of pending doom and destruction. Whether you believe This is the work of a powerful being sending its angels to spare lives during a devastating natural disaster, or the work of a very special group of creatures who believe they had to step in to help. One thing is for certain, is that this did happen. This wasn't an old story told by two reputable persons in an old town. This event took place. And I'm sure the people of Joplin are still picking up their lives. I hope I can do this right by them. The following is a work of fiction inspired by the events of this episode. It may be a trigger to those affected. Five PM. Thunderstorm warnings began to make their announcement over the local television and radio stations. The families listening and watching the Kansas City Royals play the St. Louis Cardinals were interrupted by the advisement of a heavy storm forming and approaching the city of Joplin. 5.15 p.m. The hard rains and increasing winds fell onto the city of Joplin, Missouri. The loud, piercing tornado warning sirens screamed throughout the city. The caution for those who haven't reached shelter must do so immediately. This has been practiced. Scenarios have been seared into the minds of every person within this community of over 51,000 residents, and yet some have either chosen to ignore it or have become stuck and are now waiting for the storm to pass. Others have taken heed of the siren's call and have made their homes, their cars, gas stations, firehouses, their tornado shelters. The massive black clouds have not moved. 5.25 p.m. Violent lightning began to streak across the sky. The temperature began to shift onto this mixture of hot and cool. The clouds did not give way as residents became anxious 
as small funnels began to form in the clear air between the dark clouds and green grass. This was their final warning. A perfect mixture of moisture and temperature was about to form one of nature's most violent of events. 5.34 p.m. A mile-wide funnel touched the earth. The winds were vicious as the 200 miles per hour force gusts tossed cars and heavy debris like small toys. A family sat in their small car, stuck and stricken with fear. They couldn't move as the tornado inched its way towards them. They tried to outrun the violent downpour. There was no time left. They had to sit and wait for the storm to pass. Chunks of houses and trees slammed against the tires and truck end of their Toyota sedan. A loud pop was heard outside of their vehicle as debris punctured the tires on their right side. The mother and father climbed to the back seat to hold their young daughter. Baseball-sized hail crashed onto the hood. The parents reassured their child that everything would be all right. They held their daughter, possibly for the last time. The scene around the car grew more perilous after every second that passed. They took a deep breath and prepared for the worst. Their daughter opened her eyes only for a moment to see the horizontal reins whiz by the windshield that has miraculously stayed intact. She saw through the sections of strong winds and debris. Her eyes opened wide. She could not speak to call for a warning to brace for an impact. She saw a large, jagged-edged piece of concrete the size of a car tire head directly towards their door window. Her hands clenched tightly around her parents. A moment of calmness came to the little girl. So young and so brave, she accepted without question whatever fate would come to her this day. The air around the car slowed slightly. To the young daughter's left peripheral, butterfly wings fluttered and slowly turned to show a five-inch tall fairy-like flying person within inches of the family. The tiny human gently smiled and pointed outside of their window in the direction of the speeding heavy projectile. The little girl shifted her eyes to the outside view. A magical, sudden and sharp bright light pierced through the high winds and rain. Standing in front of the window was a large six foot or more man. He appeared older in age, long salt and pepper hair and beard. His butterfly wings were that of an eastern tiger swallowtail. The yellow base with black outline had a faint yet clear glow to them. The wings shifted just enough to display the man's bout of superhuman strength. The projectile accelerated and just before impacting the human shield, he lifted his hands and caught it. He began to crush and crumble the jagged concrete to nothing but small pieces of rubble. The parents, still embracing their child with the eyes closed failed to see the now-filled cabin with five little human-winged creatures, all smiling, easing the tension of the brave little girl. The parents, praying for some sort of miracle to spare them tragedy, failed to see outside of their window the tall, large butterfly man shift the car into a safer position, clear of any potential harm, and after he did so, waved to the daughter and took flight. 
The wing seemed to not budge as he rose in his smooth flight. Debris struck the butterfly man, but he did not shift nor seem phased. He simply rose and flew away. Behind him, the daughter finally took focus and witnessed she was not the only one to have a special visitor. As quickly as the little fairy-like creatures appeared, they were gone. The mother and father reopened their eyes as they felt the winds begin to die down. They looked at their surroundings, gathered that they must have shifted from the winds and returned to the eyes of their young daughter. Her smile was big. She hesitated to say a word, but couldn't hold the excitement in. Thank you again for listening. As you can tell, this episode was a little different. Um, This was a fully scripted episode. I didn't want to stray away from having a a concrete set of words to read uh, and didn't want to stray away from anything because of the event uh, of this, you know, this uh, a massive uh, event that happened in Joplin, Missouri. I, I didn't want to go too far you know, off the rails or anything like that. I wanted for this to be a as serious as I could episode, um, mainly because of the content and the severity of the event. Um, that doesn't mean that all shows would be as scripted as this was, uh, but this will be kind of a, um, like a trial and run uh, session on shows or content that will be that's high up there in uh like in respectability of you know of what happened so yeah thank you all again for listening um i am your host anthony diaz this is 50 states of terror and you can find all of our social media stuff uh let's do the rundown uh, let's go with Facebook and Instagram. That is at 50 States of Terror. Let's go to Twitter. Twitter is at 50 States Terror without the of because of the character limitations. Uh, let's go with uh, TikTok. We got a TikTok now. And that is at 50. Oh, is that right? No, it's, not. it's at uh, 50, 50 SOT podcast. That's what it is. At 50 SOT podcast. Um, and then our Patreon is patreon.com backslash 50 states of terror. If you're feeling generous and generous, generous, if you're feeling generous and uh, want to support the show, uh, please head over there. Uh, I just now posted a couple of things um, for the Patreon members. Uh, there is a live video. Well, not live. It was a recorded video of me doing the recording of the session. Uh, and I wanted to give that a try. Uh, I will be, um, moving around some of the Patreon stuff. Um, I will make that announcement on Patreon for all the patrons, uh, later tomorrow. And, and yeah, everybody have a great, great rest of your day and later y'all.